And welcome to Sunday Coffee. Bulldogs win yesterday 35-34 over Louisiana Tech to open the season. I'm Bart Gregory along with Charlie Winfield. We're downtown in the Farm Bureau Studios in downtown Starkville. The sun came up this morning, Charlie. It kind of feels like a football weekend Sunday. There's a lot of people milling around town. Well, last night I left. Two Brothers was completely jam-packed. It wasn't it, though? Man, my goodness. It just felt good yesterday. And we'll get into the ball game in just a minute. But it felt good yesterday to kind of be back for a football weekend, tailgating after the game. It was it was great. It felt normal, right? There were a lot of people out. There were people all in the Cotton District. There were people tailgating. There were people mad when the game was over. And we won. So a lot of normalcy returning yesterday, right? Yeah, I was getting texts from sane people yesterday. People that I never even hear from were sending me texts in the third quarter yesterday. Do you want to go ahead and apologize to Eric Cook, by the way? I do want to apologize to Eric Cook because I called him out last night on the postgame show, and Eric is a good friend of ours. And I did clarify in a text to him, hey, I don't know if I called you sane or if I called you a fool. No, no, I think you called him a, I think you called him sane and a friend. That's what I'm saying. I called him a friend, too. But I think what happened was Wyatt started just jumping on it. You know, once you – you mentioned Eric Cook and Wyatt. Whoa, you're really killing old Eric Cook over there. No, Eric's and, Eric's great. And you didn't help me at all. You passed that buck. That was all Bart. Last, uh, last night and yesterday was a very interesting day in that the first quarter, I left at the end of the first quarter thinking, my goodness, this is kind of what I thought we were going to be like. And I'll have to just to be honest with you, Charlie, I don't know if I've even told you this. In the second quarter through halftime and midway through the third quarter yesterday, I worked a concession stand. Did, Did I tell you, you that? Ah, uh-huh. this is, uh, this this is a new. non-disclosure. Yeah, this is non-disclosure. I worked a concession stand. You know, it's, it's like everywhere else in the world. You know, you have a tough time finding you know people to work, whether it be concession stands or the gates or wherever. And so yesterday, a number of athletic department staff members volunteer to try to shore that up and try to help with the lines. And I was one of those. I was trying to do my community service and I actually had a good time. I actually enjoyed it. And you wouldn't believe the number of people that walked up to me late in the second quarter after Louisiana Tech took the 21-14 lead and said, man, it's going to be a tough cup of coffee tomorrow morning. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'll be honest, I didn't watch a whole lot of the second and third quarters yesterday. Now, I had a TV on, and so I was kind of peeking up and watching the TV, but I didn't want to be that guy. If someone walked in front of me wanting something, well, that guy won't get off his phone and that guy won't get off the TV. I didn't want to present the bad customer service. So I didn't get to watch just a whole lot. So I will say this. I saw primarily the good parts of the game yesterday. I saw the first quarter, and I saw the fourth quarter from Bulldog Burger yesterday afternoon. So I don't feel that bad after all. Well, let me help you out because I happened to see the second and third quarter part. And I think what you saw in a nutshell is this. This is a team that can be good. It's a team that can be efficient. It's a team that can move the football. It's a team that can play disciplined. It's a team that can make good throws. You also saw a team that can be really bad. Wretched. Wretched <laughs> bad. You know, you talk about the cup of coffee this morning. My coffee does taste good. Now, admittedly, when I walked into Strange Brew today, I said, you know, give me dark and a shot on top. You know, I needed a little extra strength in the coffee this morning to kind of clear things out. I think it's a game yesterday, Bart, where you can find whatever you want to find. So if you want to come in here today 
and you want to say our offensive line is terrible, Will Rogers isn't throwing the ball well, Will Rogers is holding it too long, our receivers can't catch or hold on to the ball, and our defense is no good. There's clips for you. There's something there that you can find to support what you want to say. On the other hand, if you want to come in here and say, Will Rogers actually played his best game as a Mississippi State quarterback. We threw it downfield better than we ever have. That we did a lot of things really well. And that our defense played well despite giving up 30 po- 34 points. Some of those weren't on them, pick six. You can make that argument too. And it all has to do with which of the two quarters or which of the four quarters do you want to focus on. You want the bookends or you want the middle? You know, the, the cream part of this Oreo wasn't so good. No, and some of the people probably didn't see the fourth quarter because they left at the end of the third. And so they may have listened to it on the radio or kind of caught it from a side glance on the TV because they, they had gotten frustrated when we were down 34-14. to 14. Of course, hey, we're brought to you by, as Charlie said just a moment ago, Strange Brew Coffee House. Strange Brew, I went by and picked up my blueberry cobbler this morning. They had a nice smile on their face. Everybody was very happy this morning at Strange Brew. I go to the University Drive location just off of downtown, right there at University and Montgomery Street. And that little corner shopping center there. Midtown. Midtown shopping center. Midtown development there. And then you also have the, the original. That's where I went. Did you? Yeah, but drive through today. I See, I'll never go through the drive through You know, they have the walk-up window at University. You went to Highway 12 right there on the corner with Spring Street. And, of course, they're at Tupelo as well. I didn't get any kind of muffin this morning. I was kind of in a hurry. Man, I tell you what, I stayed up late last night. I watched that LSU-UCLA game. That's one thing we can say. We're going to feel better today than a bunch of LSU fans because they went out west, and UCLA in the second half kind of walked the dog a little bit. You know what's sad? I went home, and I was more interested in seeing Vanderbilt get boat raced by East Tennessee than I was LSU. So what you're saying is is they probably should have spent an extra practice in spring practice instead of learning how to jump and dance on the dugout? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it might have helped. Okay. All right. Well, honestly, they're so bad, I don't know that it would have helped. <laughs> but they are good at waving towels and jumping on their dugout baseball. Yeah, they were good at that. Okay. Hey, let's jump into our game. And we used to do this all the time. Do you feel the better? The original show, right? The original show. Do you feel better? Do you feel worse? Do you feel the same as when you left the stadium yesterday? Yes. Okay, all three? Yeah, uh, all three. Um, you actually brought up a point as we were walking in today, um, and I'm going to turn this back on you because you had broken down a little bit on what we did defensively, and I think I told you, hey, well, that makes me feel better. When I looked at the second half, and, of course, you know, you throw everything together. We gave him some big plays in the first half, and like I said, I, I missed two of those because I was working in the concession stand, but that was okay. We had fun. But the big plays in the first half are the things that you think of. And, yeah, they count as points. It's not like they didn't happen. Well, we've been good except for the big plays. Well, the big plays are part of it. But you look at the second half on the defense, Louisiana Tech had seven possessions. They had four punts two field goals, and then the missed field goal at the end. Fourth quarter, when you had to have stops. Fourth quarter, when a team who has thrown the ball all over the field yesterday, and you can use that excuse of you're tired in the secondary. When we had to have stops yesterday, we got stops. I thought at the end of the game, and I really don't want to go any further without saying this, I thought Louisiana Tech's mistake actually helped them so much of pushing them out of field goal range. They were about to attempt a 56-yard field goal, and then they have the five-yard penalty. It gives them a chance to get the first down and get a better field goal attempt that they don't hit. 
But I thought for the most part, we really did a nice job defensively yesterday, especially in the second half. So I feel better about that. Now, I will say this. When I came in this morning and you've got your stats pulled up and you're meticulously going through all the stats and you start throwing out some of your stats, I actually felt better about the offense. Again, I don't want to come across as a Will Rogers apologist or to you know make it sound here like I'm saying he played a perfect game. Far from it. But you go back and you look at these numbers, and I think there's a lot of reason to feel good about what he did yesterday. Now, look, there's the interception. It was a bad throw. It was a bad play. It happens. He was trying to make something happen. And you can go watch in NFL games. How many times do we pull up the TV on Sunday and you say, Dak, why are you making that throw? You know, those things happen. But I think we've been, as Mississippi State fans, conflating two issues with our passing game. The first is, do we throw it downfield enough? And the second is, is your quarterback capable of making that throw? They have to be considered separately. You know, nobody yelled at Brandon Holloway for running up the middle. We yelled at Dan Mullen for continuing to run Brandon Holloway up the middle. So to some degree, you have to question, is this offense designed to throw it downfield? Or is Will Rogers taking the throws that he is supposed to be making? There's probably a little bit of both in there. But we aren't the 70s Raiders where, you know, every play is an attack on the end zone. This is an offense, and we looked at this with the Gardner Minshew numbers in 2018. This is an offense that's going to attack you a lot of times in that 0 to 20. It's going to attack you on short and middle-range throws. So there were some opportunities, I thought, to throw it downfield more yesterday. But let's talk about, apart from decision-making, whether it be by the player or coach, can you do it? On balls thrown to a depth of target of 10 or more yards downfield, and we talked about this on our show Friday, by depth of target what we mean is where the guy's standing when it comes to him, not that he catches it at a yard and runs for 10. So on throws that were 10 or more yards downfield yesterday, Will Rogers was 9 of 10. Really? 9 of 10 for 198 yards and a touchdown. What about what about 20-plus? Because that was the number we talked about was 20-plus, and last year we were at 17% on completion percentage on balls over 20-plus. Yesterday, keep in mind, we completed, Will Rogers did, five of those all year last year. To a depth of target of 20 or more. Yesterday, he was three for three with a touchdown. What's the percentage of times we threw over 20 yards yesterday in relation to last year? Slightly lower. We were just over 6% yesterday. What we was were seven? about seven and a half yesterday. And then Gardner Minshew in 2018 was like 9% on throwing over 20 yards. Is that right? Yeah, he was right. at 9% of his throws were to a depth of target of 20 or more. But let me give you this, because one of the things that gets missed in these statistics is what happens because of penalties. You know, we completed a pass down to the five-yard line yesterday that would have added one more to this list, but it was called back due to a penalty. Hey, that's an interesting point. So Friday, when we had our deep dig, our tracks plus deep dig on Friday, we gave some numbers. I gave three numbers. You gave three numbers. So what would be interesting to do is kind of go back and look at those numbers and kind of how they played out. All right, so, and I want to start with the back because we have two numbers that are very similar. You had a number, your your numbers were 76 and 1.5. Mine were 41, 24 at one half. But your 1.5 and my half, both related to turnovers. Yeah, they were blown out of the water. And I think, to me, there are two things that were a big deal in that ball game yesterday. One of them we talked about. 
You wanted us to limit turnovers to an average of 1.5 a game, and in particular yesterday to be at one. Yes, we were, we blew that out of the water. That was, and that's what to, to I look back at yesterday's game was one of the big things that was just so frustrating was the turnovers. And what I said in that 1.5 number, I want to get to game six and have nine turnovers. Us, I'm not I'm not worried about the takeaways. You had that in your stat about bringing our defense into it about what you get. I was just focused on us and saying 1.5 turnovers per game is all you want to see, and that would put you in the middle of the pack in the SEC. It puts you, what, 18 turnovers through 12 games. Man, four yesterday in game one against Louisiana Tech, that can't happen. Yeah, you wanted 1.5 on average for us to commit. I wanted it to be my number one half was I wanted that to be our turnover margin. Last year we gave up one more per game than we got. Alabama was tops in the league. They were the opposite. They got one more than they gave up. Here's the number we didn't. So we blew that out of the water yesterday. Well, we ended up four turnovers in the ball game, and we created only two, I believe. So you look at that, that's well, that's not good. The number we didn't talk about on Friday, and, I, and I'll tell you it just didn't occur to me because I expected these things to even out. The disparity in penalties yesterday. Massive. Massive. How many holes did we get called for yesterday? At least three. We got called for two in the first half. Yeah. And two in the first quarter. I thought one, and I'm not, <laughs> I'm not jumping on officiating this morning. I can tell you that. I thought one of the guys slipped, and we just fell on top of him. And then they called the hold. That was the one on cross, right? Yeah, I think that, yeah, that was the one on cross on the left side. Yeah, a couple on dollar bill was I got beat and I'm grabbing jersey. Yeah, okay. And I've got no problem with you calling that. But I thought uh, after seeing the replay on cross, and you got to understand, and I, I'm not taking up for officials, and if you know my history, I do not do that. I thought after seeing the replay and the guy falling and then the cross falling on top of him, I thought that – and was that – we had a big play on that, right? Yeah, I think. That's the one we got to the five. Is that right? I think that's right. Okay. So that was a big penalty. And so we go 12 penalties, 95 yards. They go seven for 36. And they were benefited by one of those. The five-yard penalty when they're about to try a field goal from, what, 56? Yeah. And then they end up having to go for it, and they convert. They had a much better look because of the penalty, and we're going to be leaving us no time at the end. We were going to have no chance to come back. So that's our look at kind of what we were talking about in terms of turnovers. If we're going to get to your nine after six games, something's going to have to change significantly over the course of the next five. So I think we can almost write that one off. Yeah. So your other number was 70. Yeah, 70% on a catch percentage for Jaden Wally. Last year, his catch percentage on balls that were thrown to him. And, of course, he had an average target of depth last year at 9.4. But really take out average target of depth on this number. I was wanting a catch percentage of 70%. Yesterday, he was targeted five times. He caught four balls, so his catch percentage was 80% yesterday. So I I felt good about that number. So 70 kind of worked out positive. The other thing that I looked at was last year, we were last in the league in plays of over 20 yards. And I was looking for a season average of 50. And I thought yesterday, when you start factoring in, you're playing Louisiana Tech, you're playing against a Conference USA defense, that you wanted to see six plays in the offense yesterday that go over 20 yards. We had seven. We had six pass plays, one rush. So we hit that number, too. 
So I, I kind of feel – I was two for three yesterday. I hit 667 yesterday. So what about your numbers? Hey, by the way, on Jaden Wally, his average depth of target was a little bit deeper, 11.2 compared to where it was a year ago. Austin Williams came in last year at 5.9. He was at 7.2. So our depth of target – is getting a little there. bit deeper. And then there's one other guy, too. Jameer Calvin had a depth of target of 10.8. That would have led the team last year. And really? So, yeah, so we were we were trying to do some things <laughs> different at times. My other numbers were 40. I wanted to see us complete 40%. 41, actually, I think I had. Because I wanted to be 1% better than Kellen Mond was for A&M last year on balls 20 yards downfield. We were 100. We were 3 out of 3. You can say we didn't do it enough. Four out of four again if we take the one that was erased by the penalty. So we got a good mark there. The other one that I wanted to see was 24 rushes, and we didn't get there. I uh, think if we'd, have th- if we'd have rushed it 24 times, we'd have felt a lot better about yesterday. I do too. I left there yesterday saying I didn't think we ran it enough. I did too. But going back to your first number and kind of tying into what I was talking about with Jaden Wally, you mentioned those average targeted depths. The numbers tell you. And I know as a fan, you're sitting there in the stands yesterday and you're sitting there, all we're doing is throwing underneath and we're throwing bubbles and you know, throwing the little quick hitches. But the numbers tell you that we actually went down the field more yesterday. We slid that out into that mid-level a little bit more. We went from that four-yard slant to a seven-yard slant. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And so what does that do is it, it sets you up a little bit better. Now, as far as later in that possession, now I will say this. We only had eight third downs yesterday, eight third downs. We went the entire game. We went two for eight in third downs. And what was our average on third downs? Our average on third downs was third and ten, third and ten and a half, to be honest with you. So what does that say? We made our hay on first and second down yesterday. But when we did get into third downs, when you start looking at that second quarter and that third quarter, not only are you facing third downs, and why are you getting off the field in three plays? is because every time you had a third down, it was a third and exponentially long third down. Yeah, and you go back to, I thought Jaquavius Marks had a good game. 12 carries, 71 yards. He averages almost six yards a carry. He looks different. I'm telling you, though. he looks different. And I know the number change you know, gives you a little bit different look, too. But, but he's bigger. I, I thought he looked good. Dylan Johnson, I think he got hurt early. Yeah, he got knocked around a little bit early on. Did not have a big game. I had talked about him on our two-minute drill to end the Friday show as being a guy not to take your eyes off of. But you go back and you look for sack-adjusted rushing yards yesterday. We were at 94. It's a little bit lower than I would like to see. And, again, I understand we're not going to become a, a rushing offense. But I thought that Marks gave you something there that you know gave you an opportunity to get in some of those second fives, third and five. It's a lot more manageable than third and ten. Yep. And, hey, looking back – those uh, those numbers that we gave you just a moment ago, they're kind of off of what we did on Friday on our Tracks Plus deep dig. And Tracks Plus, I had a chance to go down there on Thursday and walk around and spend some time with those guys down there. Man, it's amazing how big that business has gotten and how they continue to grow down in Hickory. Of course, they have four locations now. They started in Hickory on Interstate 20 at the Hickory exit. 
They sell all that uh, Barco equipment for the foresters, the guys are trying to get in there. And the thing about you know, forestry today is completely different than it used to be. Now it's all about time management and how quick you can get in and harvest the trees and get out. And that Barco equipment just gives them the ability to get in and get out. They got those bandits, those things, those industrialized mulchers. The thing, those things are, are crazy. But then they have the Saney equipment for construction. You can use those on mulching as well. You can put those mulching heads on that Saney equipment, dig you a hole. I told them, like you said the other day, I'm going to take you down there and let you drive around one of those Saney excavators. And so, yeah, four locations, one in Hickory, Mississippi. They have a location between Startville and Columbus on Highway 82. They're also down in Summit, Mississippi, and then in Alexandria, Louisiana. They cover Mississippi and Louisiana with their new equipment, but their used equipment, they have a lot of used equipment, one of the largest used forestry equipment dealers in the southeast. And so, man, just a growing company. Great friends, great guys down at Trax Plus. You know who was from Summit, Mississippi? Pete Young. Pete Young was from Summit. Yep. Yeah, my brother lived down there for a couple of years when he worked at Southwest Community College. That's a great little location down there. Now, that's not the college with you in mind. No, that's East Central. That's okay. where he is right now. So, they took it on the chin Thursday night against Scuba. All right, Charlie. So, looking back, and we kind of got into this last night on the postgame show, offensive line play mm. has got to continue to get better. And Now, I didn't think they were all bad. No. That's the thing about offensive line play. You know, four out of five of you can be really good. If one, your offensive line looks terrible. And I thought, in fairness, we were poor at one spot. Yeah, and we're we're not going to call out players here. But when you start looking at offensive line grades yesterday, we had some guys that actually graded well. And, of course, what takes away from that grade? Giving up a sack, giving up a pressure, penalties. penalties. Yeah, Yeah, holy calls will just kill your blocking grades. But I thought, you know, you go back and look yesterday, I thought LaQuinston Sharp was fine. You didn't see a lot hurting us right up the middle. He's a guy who's going to grade out pretty well. So I thought, thought, you know, LaQuinston Sharp was fine. I I thought we just had some trouble at times. Now, the good thing is when you start talking about grading, if you can clean up, there's kind of two issues with a holding call. One is, are you holding because you just got beat? Or do you just get caught up, tangled up? You know, yeah. there, some holding calls are worse than others. Some of them are more apparent than others. And those are the ones, like, I don't lose a lot of sleep that Charles Cross got called with holding on the one that you talked about. No. What I do get a little more concerned about is when the guy's coming straight across your face and you're just having to Have grab him <laughs> as you're going to the ground. Take him down, yeah. a little steer wrestling. Yeah, exactly. Those are the ones that get you. But Matt Wyatt, you know, Matt, to his credit, did a lot of work in looking at offensive line play. He basically told us on the pregame yesterday, you're going to have some troubles on your offensive line. And that wasn't because he was taking a negative view of any of the players. He was talking about how much we moved guys around last year. And so at some level, I don't know that that's necessarily surprising. Hey, let's take a look around the league. Anything else about our game? Before we'll come back and talk about next week what we really need to clean up, and we'll do that during the week as well. We'll have our regular out of left field show on Wednesday. They'll play that on WFCA French Camp 107.9, and then we'll be back on Friday for our deep dig by Tracks Plus. Yeah, I do have one other thing, and that is I want to talk for a minute about defense um, and kind of where guys. I thought yesterday that we got a big play by Aaron Brule late in that ball game. 
I thought we got some pretty decent cornerback play at times. And you look at these guys, how they're going to grade out. I think when you go back yesterday defensively, you know, I think what Peters had like nine tackles yesterday. You had Brulee who had seven. He had two tackles for loss. The thing that you would like to see the defense – yesterday on one of the big plays, on one of Louisiana Tech's big plays for a touchdown, I am sitting there saying, call timeout, call timeout, call timeout, because our secondary, it was clear, didn't know where they were. There was some confusion going on. And so you like to think that you can clean that up. You know, if it's a matter of people being confused about who's got whom, those are things that you can address. I thought yesterday the thing that got us defensively more than anything else was big plays. Yeah, we had four tackles for loss yesterday. Aaron Brule had two of those. Fred Peters led the way with nine. Brule and Nathaniel Watson had seven tackles each yesterday. Jalen Green, the strong safety, had three tackles yesterday. One of those was a tackle for loss of minus three. We got one pick. That was uh, Tyrus Wheat. That was early on on Louisiana Tech's first drive. But that was it. That was the only turnover of the day. Their only turnover came on their first drive yesterday. I go back to the point of Louisiana Tech wasn't bad. They weren't terrible. You know what I'm saying? I mean, when you start looking at the teams, and that's kind of what I want to look at is about who played who yesterday in the SEC. Louisiana Tech, would they finish in the top half of the SEC? No, not at all. They'd finish ahead of Vanderbilt. (laughs) No doubt. But you start looking at them versus some of these teams that other teams played in the SEC, I thought they were better than South Alabama was in 2016. I really do. So they're not bad. They're a well-coached team. Skip Holtz is a good coach. Am I trying to sugarcoat a 35-34 win when you had to come back from 20? But they had two turnovers yesterday. Did they? Yeah, because they had the interception and then had the fumble two drives later. That is exactly right. Yeah, so so the thing I'd say about our defense, look at this. We forced four three-and-outs yesterday, and then you had two additional drives that you end with turnovers. Oh, I was looking at the stat that says forced fumbles. That was not a forced fumble because they dropped it. Hey, we'll, we'll take it. Yeah. I mean, it was forced. I mean, he looked up and he saw those maroon jerseys <laughs> yeah. coming at him. Yeah. Yeah, we can force that. Uh, we can force that stat. Okay, so looking at the SEC yesterday, Thursday you had Tennessee winning 38-6 to over Bowling Green. I bet Louisiana Tech is a lot better than Bowling Green. I'll take that without doubt. Alabama yesterday destroyed Miami. They were ahead 27-3 to at the half. They beat Miami 44-13. to uh, Manny took over the defensive play calling, gave up 27 in the first half. Okay, so, if you're Miami and you're trying to rebuild that program, I get it you want to be on TV. But I you're on TV it. every week, man. Yeah, that's not what it used to be. No. Marquee games, let's play those at the end of the year. Yeah, especially, if you, like you said, if you're trying to build a program. Georgia Clemson, I didn't watch any of that game last night. Did you? I did. Georgia's defense is good. Very, very good. Georgia won ten to three. Clemson kicked a field goal in the fourth quarter, and it was you know battle of top five teams. That was in Charlotte. A and M wins yesterday, forty-one to ten over Kent State. They were ahead ten to three at the end of the first quarter. So A and M goes on to win. I would put La Tech over Kent State without doubt. Florida wins last night. Florida had to score fourteen points in the fourth quarter. They uh, they win thirty-five to fourteen over Florida Atlantic. Wait, 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 wait. You mean that? Dan Mullen wasn't perfect? No, it was 21 to nothing. All right, that gives me something. Hold on. You're talking as you go through this. I put Louisiana Tech over Kent State, et cetera. 
do you put Louisiana Tech over 2016 South Alabama? Oh, yeah, I just, yeah, absolutely. You do that. And I'll say this, too. I mean, I'm really coming across as an apologist this morning. I think it's just because college football is backing them in a positive mood today, which Charlie will tell you is, is very few and far between. But I look at the style of play we had yesterday. If you're looking for a positive about the style of play under Mike Leach, if you give up some big plays defensively and you find yourself down all of a sudden by 20 points, you do have the ability in this offense to come from behind quickly. And that's what we were able to do yesterday. And I'm uh, like, we haven't have we gotten this far, and not credited the guy who probably got us going more than anybody. Yeah, Tulu. I mean, Tulu on the kick return gave us a shot in the arm because to me that was the thing that I was more frustrated with. And now, how do you try to generate emotion when you're giving up big plays and you're down to La Tech? It's hard to self-generate excitement because we had none. In so, the second and third quarter. And in the early in the fourth quarter, we had zip. All the momentum and everything was on the Louisiana Tech sideline. And then when you run that kickoff back, you're down 34-14. You've just thrown a pick six or they've kicked the field goal or whatever. And everybody's flooding out of the stadium. And they kick it to Tulu. Mike Leach said yesterday that we had some guys that quit in the third quarter. And here's my question to you. Did you see guys who quit, or did you see kind of a collective fear? I thought I saw a collective, here we go again, like we saw last year at times when we were kind of getting overwhelmed. I thought it was like, here we go again. I thought that's, that's what I saw. There was a lot of guys kind of looking around like, man, you know, we try to self-generate positivity in the offseason. We worked hard. You got to understand everybody else works hard too. And then you get popped in the mouth. That's what we did. We got popped in the mouth. And we needed that play by Tulu. To kind of get you jump started. He'd already had a good kickoff return yesterday, early in that game. Mm-hmm. And then you kick it to him again. They kicked it to him, and he caught a ball at the three-yard line. You brought this up last night. If he lets it go, it probably goes out of bounds. And he comes back to the middle, they ball him up around the 20, 22-yard line or whatever. And so you start looking at the difference. If it goes out of bounds, he gets it to the 35 versus the 22. But I liked it. I mean, he tried to be tried to force the issue and be aggressive. But it's almost like Louisiana Tech was playing with fire. Because we saw it last year in the bowl game. Yeah, I was going to say, we had the same discussion in the Tulsa game last year. Why are you kicking it to Why him? Why are you kicking it to him? I hope next week NC State kicks it to him. All right, another thing we haven't talked about. If you are a Louisiana Tech fan today, are you upset with Skip Holtz? I would be. I think I am. Because if I were going to try to, you know, we did a lot to make that comeback happen. And Matt White made this point on the postgame show. Not only did we do a lot – there isn't a single thing we did that you can take away. We needed every single completion that we had. We needed every single big play. We had to run the table for all that to work out. So we do a lot right, but here's what Louisiana Tech does. In the fourth quarter, they go into the fourth quarter leading in that ball game. what, 34-14 to 14 as the fourth quarter started, and they run 20 offensive plays. 13 of them are throwing the football. And of the seven runs, a lot of those came – when they were basically trying to get yardage to kick a long field goal. They actually led 31-14 to 14 to the end of the third, so they kicked that field goal early in the fourth quarter to go ahead 34-14. to 14. But looking at the stats in the fourth quarter and the play-by-play in the fourth quarter, we scored the touchdown to, go to, to get within 13 at 34-21. And Louisiana Tech comes out that drive from their own 25. After Ruiz puts one out of the stadium, that guy can kick, okay? First and 10, incomplete pass. Second down play, 
rushed for four yards, then another incomplete pass. They come out in that drive, three plays, four yards, one minute and 12 seconds come off the clock on that drive. And so then you get it back, you drive down, you score. We had to drive the length of the field, seven plays, 77 yards, three minutes and 25 seconds. Their next drive, next drive, three incompletions. Well, they had two incompletions and then one pass that was complete for zero yards. Three plays, five yards, one minute and 17 seconds. So in the middle of your comeback, you've got a one minute and 17 second drive and a one minute and 12 second drive. So they had 229 on two drives. That's the reason you come back and win. That's a major reason you come back and win that ball game because you had time to do it. Am I wrong on saying that? No, that's staggering, actually. I'm looking at that. A minute 12, a minute 17. (laughs) That's phenomenal. The longest possession they had in the entire second half was the final one. Yep, 11 plays, 337. 11 plays on that last drive, 47 yards, 3 minutes and 37 seconds. That's staggering to me. When a team that allows a team to come back from three touchdowns down. Now we had to do it. And I'm not gonna lie with you, Charlie. When we got the football and we were down thirty four to twenty eight and we're at the forty eight yard line and that drive starts with six oh seven to go, I had no doubts in my mind that we were gonna score. That we were not gonna score or we're gonna score. You expected us to score. I expected us to score. And then you you throw some balls, Makai Polk, three yards, eight yards. We haven't talked about Makai Polk. But then you throw it to Tulu down to the 23, and you score that 15-yard touchdown pass to Jaden Wally. I had no doubts that we were going to score there. And so, man, I tell you what, but I look back. If I'm a Louisiana Tech fan right now, I'm sitting there going, you have got, you have got to force them to take timeouts or you have got to run more. You're not running. You're not taking timeouts if you're Mississippi State with ten minutes to go in the fourth quarter to stop the clock. You're just not doing it. No, absolutely not. I, I want to go back. I was looking at these drives that you were talking about. The drive that we scored. You talk about getting at the forty-eight, complete to Polk, complete to Polk, complete to Tulu. A Dylan Johnson rush for eight yards, and then Rogers complete to Wally, fifteen yards for the touchdown. For all that was made about Will Rogers and his ability to deliver a throw, that was a, that was a ball that was put in the middle of a bunch of defenders. It was. He it had threaded, a tight lane. He had to get that thing through. Threaded the seam, man. And so, yeah, we, we made the plays both offensively, and you got to credit, one of the reasons they had the ball for a minute and 17 seconds is we tackled. We made plays. We had we did tackle yesterday. We had we? good coverage. We tackled well yesterday, I thought. So we had all the recipe to have that big come from behind. We were giving you scores around the SEC. UCLA last night, here's one of the reasons I'm so dog-tired this morning. I watched that entire game. UCLA wins 38-27 over LSU. UCLA looked pretty good last night. I was not uh, – I don't know how I would feel this morning if I'm an LSU fan. Kentucky wins over Louisiana Monroe 45-10. to Monroe is not as good as LaTeX. Arkansas beat Rice yesterday. They had to score 21 points in the fourth quarter. That game was tied at 17 at the end of the third quarter with Rice. Rice. 38-17 Arkansas wins. Missouri beat Central Michigan yesterday 34-24. I put LaTeX over Central Michigan. Auburn beat Akron 60-10. I put LaTeX over Akron. South Carolina won 46 to nothing in the Shane Beamer debut. They won 46 nothing over Eastern Illinois. I'd put uh, LaTeX over Eastern Illinois. 
And then we talked about East Tennessee State just walking the dog on Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt scored first, though. They were ahead three to nothing. And then. And then they were dancing around like they were dancing <laughs> on that dugout. And then all of a sudden, 23 in a row by East Tennessee State, who wins 23 to three. That do you even know hurts what, my heart. Do you know what town East Tennessee State is located in? I do. I've been there. I've done women's basketball there before. Okay. I can't tell you. That's how much I know about the football prowess of East Tennessee State. I had to think. Johnson, it's in Johnson City. It's way up there. I mean, you got to travel a while. Way on the other side of Knoxville, East Tennessee State. Some interesting people up there. Anyway. Well, they're, I bet they're especially interesting this morning, celebrating a win over the team from Nashville. Hey, what about this? Oklahoma, Tulane. They went over to their baseball field and danced on the dugout. <laughs> That's right. I'm sorry. I, I'm going, I am going to beat that horse all year long. Go ahead. Oklahoma, Tulane. Oklahoma has to hold off Tulane to win that one 40-35. And did you see how it ended? Fourth, I did not. Fourth down, Tulane. Quarterback gets flushed out on like fourth down 11, and he races, and he's like a half yard short of the first down. Late in the game, last drive, and if he had just stretched the ball out. It was one of those where he had the ball tucked when he falls and hits the ground. If he's stretched out, he gets the first down, and you never know what happens. But Tulane, I wouldn't want him to play Tulane yesterday. How many times have we pulled up games at the beginning of the year, and you see a Georgia Southern threatening a Georgia? You, know, you see these things, an Appalachian State winning at Michigan. It just happens. South Alabama beating yeah. – yeah. Hey, enjoyed it, man. I'd like to thank our friends at Bank First. Bank First, better way to bank, growing bank, Mississippi and Alabama. Got a lot of construction projects going on right now across the state of Mississippi, over into East Alabama. And, man, they are a part of a lot of stuff right now at Bank First. And so their customer service is outstanding. And our good friends over at the Bank First, each and every week, some good bulldogs in that bank. So bank where we bank. And that's at Bank First. And, of course, we've been in the Farm Bureau studios here in downtown Startwell Farm Bureau. They have agents in every county in the state of Mississippi. I saw Henry Hamill yesterday at the game. Had a chance to talk to him for a little while. And you talk about customer service, Bank First, then Farm Bureau. We deal with people that you want to deal with. Great customer service people here in the Farm Bureau studios in Startwell. Charlie, enjoyed it as always. Well, two things. Number one, I have to mention that Northern Illinois beat Georgia Tech. Bet Georgia Tech fans aren't happy about that. I want to, but you didn't mention the Swag. way we play NC State next week. Yeah, we'll get into that a little bit later on. NC State looked good, man. They looked good. Of course, South Florida looked awful. Yeah, they did. And maybe that maybe that was because of what NC State was doing. And I, maybe I'm wrong. You know, NC State kind of won that game on the ground. They had a really good running attack. That scares me less than a team that's going to drop back and throw it on us. Yeah, I like our front seven. But you said yesterday, Bart. You said yesterday as we were leaving the pregame show, this game isn't about our opponent, it's about us. And I thought that proved to be true yesterday. The penalties, the turnovers. There was a Twitter account, Faux Polini, the, the <sighs> mock Bo Polini account last week who had the tweet that said, if you cut out the mistakes and the turnovers, this is actually a much closer game. You know, they, <laughs> And there was some of that with us yesterday, right? If you cut out the penalties and the turnovers, we're doing much better. Next week won't be just about us. It'll also be about our opponent. And I thought, if we are that fourth quarter team, we're really good. If we're the second and third quarter team, we're not very good. And so I, I go back to something I said earlier. You saw yesterday to a large degree, what did you want to find when it's all said and over? 
You want to be mad? There's a reason. You want to be optimistic? There's a reason. Next week, though, you can't afford many possessions, much less many quarters like we played in the middle. Yep, can't give up big plays, and you and you got to block it better. At the end of the day, that's just easy to say. So, hey, appreciate you guys hanging out with us. And for Charlie Winfield, I'm Bart Gregory. Thanks for listening to us on Sunday Coffee.